0: we'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback.
1: Balsa tracks are about a mile long. They consist of 15 to 20 turns, and the ride takes about a minute just 60 seconds, but it feels like getting kicked off a cliff in a trash can. I was the first newbie to go down the track that day. I can remember making sure that my helmet was secure, that my mouth guard was in place, and that I remembered my bobsled spikes and my burn vest. General rule of thumb, stay away from activities that require something called a burn vest. As I stood at the top of the track staring down the start ramp, seriously reconsidering my decision to try this sport, The all clear horn sounded and the start clock began to count down. I must have blacked out for just a second because the next thing I knew, I was hurling myself downhill behind what looked like a carbon fiber bathtub on ice jumping in for 60 seconds of twists, turns, and g-forces. I remember thinking it was never going to end, but it was over in a flash. It was both terrifying and invigorating. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced before, and when it was over, I couldn't wait to do it again. I got out of the sled and I thought, I think I should bobsled.
0: Today we are flashing back to episode number 48 with Lauren Gibbs. At the age of 30, Lauren left the corporate world to pursue what many thought was a crazy dream, making the U.S. Olympic team. 30 year old rookies don't make the Olympic team, but Lauren had to take her shot. After that first run in October of 2014, she spent over three years chasing her dream. In this short snippet, she describes the day the Olympic team was announced, and she shares some valuable lessons that she learned from pursuing her Olympic dream. If you enjoy this short flashback, you'll love the riveting conversation we have in the full episode number 48. Please share this podcast with others and consider supporting our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Athletes of all sorts, whether physical or mental, are gaining the advantage of all-day focus by drinking Brain Fuel, founded by another of our great Cutco alums. You can get 35% off your first order by using the discount code CLSK. When you try it out, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Here we go with Lauren Gibbs. She starts by describing in detail a pivotal day in chasing her dream. We'll take you back to January 13th, 2018. That
1: day was like one of the most emotional days of my life. I had a really great season. By far my breakout season, I had d- done some great things, broken some start records, uh, meddled with pilots, with multiple pilots. And so I really thought I had done what I needed to do to cement myself. We were in Switzerland, St. Moritz, Switzerland, the birthplace of bobsled, one of the most beautiful places to bobsled. It's one of the only tracks in the world that is natural. So it's built of snow and ice every year. And it's like sliding on a cloud. Oh. Uh, my favorite place in the world. One of my favorite places in the world. Obviously, Korea holds a special place in my heart now. Um, And they told us that the team would be announced at 11 p.m. I just told my coaches, I said, look, I think I'm the best person for the job, but I understand your job is to put the best two teams on that hill to win two medals. And so if for some reason I'm not, please just tell me before you tell the group because I don't want to hear for the first time that I'm not going to the Olympics in front of other people. I don't know how I'm going to respond. Because I had really thrown everything I had into this. And so at around 10.45, we were getting ready to walk back over to the other hotel and we got a text saying, hey, it's going to be another 30 minutes. And 30 minutes when you've been waiting all day feels Mm. like an eternity. And then about 15 minutes into that 30 minutes, I got a text from my coach that said, can you meet me in the library? And that's where the selection committee had been meeting. And I thought, oh crap. So I'm like getting dressed. My friend and I are are rooming together and she's like, good luck. And I just looked at her and I said, I want you to know no matter what happens, meeting you and being your friend has been the best experience of bobsled. Because I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know how I was going to feel. But I need to remember that even if you don't hit your goals, there are important things about your journey that you need to be grateful for. And that friendship is something I will always be grateful for. Mm -hmm. So I'm like walking over and I'm like almost hyperventilating. And I get about 10 feet to the, the other hotel and I start running. And I'm like, all, I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm going to the Olympics. I'm going to the Olympics. They're choosing me. I'm going to the Olympics. And then I realize I'm running on ice and I need to stop running because if I bust my butt, And hurt myself, then I'm not going to the Olympics. So I get to the hotel and I'm like overheated by that point because it's freezing outside. I have a ton of clothes on, it's warm inside. I open the door and it's like this perfectly lit panel of people staring back at me. The rest of the room feels dark and it's just a spotlight. Mm. And I just start losing it. I'm like, guys, just tell me what's gonna happen. They're like, sit down. I'm like, I can't, just tell me what's gonna happen. I don't like taking off jackets. I'm looking to try and read the room and these people that I've known for a few years now all look foreign to me. Like I can't read what's going through their head or anything and looking at my coach and he kind of smirks at me and I'm like, this isn't funny. He goes, you're right. It's not funny. He's like, this is the hardest day of my life every four years. And he just starts sputtering on and our director of sports goes, Shimer, shut up. That's our coach, Brian Scheimer, Olympic medalist, amazing driver. Uh, and then our CEO starts talking. He's like, Lauren, you've done a great job. You've really improved over the years. You know, we were trying to figure out, uh, the best teams for the Olympics and we feel like your performance with Jamie was great, but not the best. Um, and for that reason we would like you to push Alana in the Olympics. Uh-huh. And I just, I was like, speechless. I got up and screamed and then stopped because I realized that there were going to be four women that were going to walk in and hear the opposite news. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to hear me yelling in joy and jubilee outside, you know, if they were about to hear different news. And then I sat back down on the table and slid under the table. <laughs> like, you know, a puddle of emotion. And they were like, get up. And I was like, no, I can't. And it was, um, yet for the first time in my life, I had fully committed to something. Now, this is crazy because I've been successful in a number of different things, right? I was a successful volleyball player. I was very successful at Cutco. I ran an office. You know, I was a Sir Lancelot Award winner, uh, Academy of Champions. I I won a ton of push blobs. Like, you know, I won company trips. I went to Brown, you know, was academic all IV, second team all IV. All this stuff had done really well in corporate. But this was the first time that I threw every part of myself into something and was more focused on the success the possibility of success than I was the fear of failure because for me growing up, I never, I hated failure more than I loved winning. And finally I was like, win, lose, or draw. Bobsled is going to get all of me, all that I have. And I'm just going to get put my best foot forward and see what happens. Because at that point in my life, I felt like I was really good on paper, but I didn't always feel like I was the person that my resume portrayed. And so this experience was for me. I wanted to be the person that I knew I was, and I needed something to just break through. Um, and it was bobsled. And it was, you know, training for three and a half years, and I think they always say, you train your whole life for bobsled, because there's so many components of being a good bobsled athlete but it was three and a half years of training for a 20-second performance. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life.
0: Wow. Wow. Lauren, it was riveting just listening to you describe that right now. So must have been an amazing day in your life. And then uh, six weeks later, it was made even more amazing.
1: Yeah, man. Being at the Olympics is the most fun. Team USA really does it right. You feel like a rock star. You feel like a superstar you're taken care of. You feel like a superhero. And then you you look to your right and there's Sean White. And you look to your left and there's Lindsey Vonn. (laughs) there's Michaela Schifrin and then your teammates who you've been just looking up to for the past three and a half years, you realize you're now on a more level playing field as them. uh, And you become uh, at the same level as your mentors. And that's a really special thing
0: and experience. Yeah. And you guys did it. You won uh, the silver medal.
1: I love that you say you won, we won the silver medal because like so many people like to say we lost gold. <laughs> and uh, would I have loved to be a gold medalist? 100%. Do I think we put in the work? Yes. What a lot of people don't know is the week leading up to that, my pilot partially tore her Achilles tendon. And we rolled up to the Olympics. We rolled up to Korea with her in a wheelchair and a boot. Wow. And every step she took was excruciating pain. And for her to be able to muster, just the grit and resilience, like I don't care what color that metal is. So many adjustments had to be made in order for us to even compete to come away with anything is just incredible.
0: You share in your TED talk some of the lessons you learned sitting in the back of the bobsled. Can you give us a little bit of that information?
1: Yeah, that um I think the the coolest part about the last or the, I guess now it's five years, but those that's three and a half years is I think everybody thinks that winning the medal is like the crown jewel of the experience. And it is this incredible two and a half pound trinket (laughs) that, uh, will always be mine, but it's not something that I'm necessarily going to share with the world. Um, so I think that the lessons that I learned and the amount of growth that I had in those three and a half years is what I got out of the experience and so I think the first one is the ability to say no. Uh, I love to please people but there are sometimes people who take 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 and don't give and I'm a giver so I will give all of myself into a situation and sometimes get nothing back and that's fine because I'm not looking for something in return but I have to be very careful with who I give my energy and my advice and my time to. Um, the next thing is, you know, asking for help. Uh, in my positions, you know, in, in Cutco, I was a, a division office manager. I was an assistant manager and I was a division, a district manager. And so I was used to being in a position of having all the answers and being the person that people came to for questions. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing in the corporate world. I was a sales manager, then an area sales manager. I was on, you know, different boards and things. So I got very used to people coming to me for 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 help. Going into Bobsled and being a 30-year-old rookie, I think that should be the title of my book, 30 year old rookie, um for the first time in a long time, I had to ask for help. And I had to realize asking for help was not a sign of weakness. It was actually just a sign of wanting to be better. And I think those were the two most important things that I got out of the experience. There is this incredible thing that happens when you go after your dreams. It's the most amazing and painful experience of your life.
0: So what does the future hold for Lauren Gibbs?
1: My goal now is to change the world, small one. And I want to change the world by helping other people realize what it is they're passionate about or realize their potential or just realize that they can cultivate whatever life or lifestyle that they want for themselves, that they are not a prisoner to their circumstances. They're not a prisoner to expectations. They're not you know, a prisoner of what they're currently doing. I think when people are satisfied with their day-to-day and their own lives, they can have empathy and care for others. And when you have empathy and care for others, the world is a better place.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.